Hello, friends, Master here, bringing you episode 412 of my show on the mic, doing it Thursday, shorty style. In today's episode, I am asking and answering the question, is social media social? It's a dope question thrown out to me by one of my dope Insta homies. She's actually been on the podcast before, but I'll talk about that in the episode. And yes, I will also give you an update on my knee. All this and more, but first, hey, DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it poppin'. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, 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 my podcast people, and thank you for joining me for yet another episode of my favorite podcast. I know that I should probably, first of all, I don't like that word should, but it would be in best practice to start the episode a little different, jump right in, and not do that same exact intro every time. But you know what? I like it, which is why I do it. One of the reasons maybe not as good, because if this is a new listener to the podcast, you know, sometimes people like to just jump right in. But you get what you get. This is my podcast. So today we're going to talk about whether or not social media is actually social. Uh, Emily Reed slid into the old DMs with this question, and I love it. She's been on the podcast before. I've spoken about her before. Courtney, if you could link that episode, thank you. Also, let's shout out Courtney again, because she did that edit in, I think it was two episodes ago, with the little choo-choo, the little choo-choo train horn, whatever it's called, the choo-choo, I don't know what it's called, the choo-choo. Uh, and she did that, and it was so good. I've listened to that thing over and over. Uh, so, Courtney, you're the best. For today, we're going to talk about that question that Emily asked. But first, let me give you a little update on my knee. Today is Tuesday. I waited to record this episode. I wanted to kind of give it a little bit of time. For those of you who don't know, I hurt my knee on Sunday playing volleyball. I was taking off. I wasn't even doing anything major. It's a little bitty baby kind of jump lunge kind of thing. And there was a little pop pop. It very much still continues to feel like it's MCL, maybe some meniscus stuff, but we are super acute. And my focus has been on symptom management, right? When you have an injury, the whole goal in the beginning is to put out the fire and put out the fire, meaning calm things down. That inflammatory response is helpful. So I'm not trying to completely blunt it, uh, but we want to make sure that it's not doing too much. And so I've just been managing swelling, managing pain, literally throwing the kitchen sink at this thing, and we are making progress. Uh, my focus, like I said, has been on pain reduction, pain management, and for that, been using the STEM unit, the TENS unit. I've uh, been doing a lot of feathering stroke, right? So I have the rock tape. I have all of the tools, but my favorite tool is the Mohawk. It just has nicer edges. So I've been using that, using the feathering stroke, which is a super light stroke designed to communicate with interoceptors or interoceptors, wherever you want to put that emphasis on whatever syllable. Whole goal with that is they send their projections and information to the insular cortex, which is an area of the brain that mediates and modulates a sense of well-being. It's why having people like stroke your hair, you know, light touch feels so good. 
So been focusing on that. It's been helping out a ton. I do have some pretty pinpoint tenderness on the medial aspect of my knee, which is why I continue to think that it was very much MCL related and possibly, probably some scar tissue that got a little broken um, as well. So using that feathering stroke for pain mitigation, pain mediation, uh, I am really not that swollen. I've had tape on basically the whole time, except for when I'm doing the treatment strokes and when I'm using stim. I've been using red light like crazy. Uh, for those of you that are don't know, or for those of you that are in my stories and you've seen it, uh, I am definitely leaning into the whole red light shtick thing. Um, I actually first tried out red light when I had COVID, and I was trying to recover from it, and I just had that like perpetual stuffiness in my sinuses. And one of my mafiosos was like, "Yo, uh, I used some red light on my wife, and it knocked." the symptoms right out. And I was like, yo, let me go try that. So I actually went to a spa near me that has like a whole red light bed. And that shit definitely made me feel better. And I was like, oh, dope. Uh, so I now have a unit at home that a company sent me and this is still kind of under wraps, but working with this company, this company, I should say, is working to bring a unit or multiple units to market that are more affordable because shit's really expensive. Um, but you all know that if I'm going to promote something, I damn well am going to have tried it out myself first. And that's what I've been doing. And I really am a believer in uh, the science that's here. So stay tuned. There will be more information about that. Um, I am also using Anna Hartman's magical swelling reduction protocol. Uh, I've had her on the podcast as well. Courtney, if you link that, thank you. Um, and that's it's one of the coolest things to me. Like my knee is actually less swollen now than when I first started playing volleyball. Like I first started playing about two years ago and my shit would just blow up and just be both of them and be so unhappy. And I was, you know, doing all the things locally and doing the compression things and doing the elevation things and the movement things. And then Anna put out a protocol for swelling and I did that thing and I didn't even touch my knee, dude. I massaged my neck, right? So I'm looking at thoracic duct, opening things up more more proximally. And the next day my knee was like, oh, I'm better. I'm not all swollen. And I was like, holy shit, what is this black magic? Give me more of it. So I am doing that, have been doing that. I haven't really had to do much of it. It's just like my system has is good. I, I've been doing it all along um, as needed. And I really don't need it to do it. And I'm just saying in general, not just, you know, with this injury, um, just in general, as I've been playing, I've been doing it throughout the days. Uh, and I haven't had to do that much. Like my system is good. I really went into this injury, the strongest that I've ever been. And to, re to reiterate what I said last episode, you cannot prevent injuries. You can prepare for them. And I really feel extremely prepared for this. I, my legs were the strongest I've ever been. That morning, I literally was walking down the stairs and I was like, man, my knees feel great. So if you're going to get injured, that's the time you want it to happen is when everything feels strong because you know, arthrogenic inhibition, whatever you want to call it, is real. You get swelling in that joint and those muscles, they turn off. And I, I feel like some PTs right now would be cringing, but that's really what it feels like. And that's essentially what's happening. Like the firing, it just, you know, so it's like that. I tried not to do that into the mic. Hopefully I wasn't too loud, but it's weep womp, right? So I have been focusing pain management, swelling reduction, and retaining restoring just activity in that quad i my range of motion is definitely limited i have big emphasis on getting extension uh but 
that is, you know, I'm just trying to keep that quad firing as best as I can because everything wants to turn off. It wants to stop. And so, yes, when you go to walk around or try to walk around, I'm still on crutches, uh, you know, but I'm putting myself in the position of the average Joe. When this happens and your quad is like, adios, amigo, you are like, holy shit, I'm fucked. And you think that things are way worse than they actually perhaps are because nothing is firing to hold your shit together. So really my emphasis right now is on, uh, you know, restoring that, keeping that going as best I can, obviously avoiding sharp pain or pain that continues to get worse, but we are definitely getting better little by little. It's going to be a process. Uh, it'll take as long as it takes and it is what it is. Like I am going to do an episode on diversifying your worth portfolio. Um, this was you know, spurred or inspired by a conversation that I had in the DMs and injuries can be really devastating for people, uh, especially if so much of your self-worth is tied up in movement, which mine is, right? I love volleyball so much because of the sense of value and worth that it brings me. But we also understand that if you have only one thing that brings you joy and value and worth, if that thing is gone, you're fucked. So I want to do an episode. I will do an episode. And I, I want to strategically and specifically going to wait until uh, I'm perhaps a bit more in the throes of things. I'm very early on. Um, not that I foresee my outlook as like taking a nosedive, but I figured I'd give it at least another probably I'll, I'll likely record it for next week. Um, just to be, give myself time to go through more headspaces. I'm, you know, very positive about this. This is mainly a, like, it is what it is. Is it the most ideal thing? No, but what, what else am I going to do? Um, and I'm also very busy right now. I am flying out in a few hours after, you know, I'm done recording this. I got to go to Vegas and present tomorrow and then I'll be back on Thursday. Uh, yes, I'm going. I set up a wheelchair and everything and we'll make it work. Um, but this is you know, part of what I'll probably talk about. When you have other things that, that bring you worth that you enjoy, it makes managing these things that much easier. And I will say, obviously, I am so grateful to have the job that I have because I could not imagine being a physical therapist, a practicing physical therapist, and trying to go practice with this. Like just thinking about being in the city and trying to take a subway. Like I couldn't take the subway. That would be fucking terrible. Uh, so I'm super glad that I have the the lifestyle that I have now. Um, so yeah, I know that's like a, a 10 minute update on my knee, but it is top of mind, obviously. Uh, things are going great. Um, overall, in my opinion, like I said, throwing the kitchen sink at it, uh, taking CBD as well. I am taking collagen. I am drinking the bone broth, um, literally doing all the things, getting sleep. I actually uh, take gummies, some THC gummies at night. They're each five milligrams. I take 10 and I'm, I've been totally fine with that. Um, I've had them for a long time. I don't usually take them because I fall asleep really easily, but we know we need sleep in order to heal things. And there's some discomfort with sleeping. So I am taking everything I can, doing everything I can to try and get that sleep. And last night I was able to sleep with no pillow under my leg. So we are making some progress. And yeah, my focus is on recovery it becomes or it's become so apparent and I think we already know why professional athletes can recover the way that they do um, even though obviously you know we know that people get pushed back to join to go back into things too soon but the reason that their recovery is faster than the average Joe is that this is their job right they are just focused on recovering they have a team that is helping them and that's all they have to do they don't have to take care of kids they don't have to go and drive to work they don't have to deal with the stress of you know a boss or anything like that uh, in the same capacity, you know, perhaps they have someone that's like wants them to come back, obviously, but 
they're also going into it a lot stronger and more prepared for it. And that's why we see on the other side of that uh, such a good recovery. Um, I have been receiving the question if I'm going to get an MRI. Not yet because I don't need it, right? The plan of care would remain the same, right? I, you want to go into surgery. If you're ever thinking about surgery, you want to go into surgery basically feeling like you don't need surgery, Right, where maybe only a few times like you get this this pain or things like that, but like you have very good range of motion, you have strength, you have good functionality, and maybe it's just not optimal. This way, when you come out of it, you are just working on that deficit. You're not like, oh, now I have to get all my range back and all my strength back. Like that, that's not the way to go. And that's what I did when I tore my ACL many, many years ago. I didn't know. I was 15 years old and walked around in an immobilizer, had no range of motion, no strength, and then went and got surgery and then came out with no range of motion and no strength. But you know, a, a repaired ACL and a bunch of damage to that area. So uh, my goal and my focus is just on restoring everything and feeling like I don't need surgery. Um, I, again, I think it's largely MCL, uh, possibly meniscus. It's so hard to say right now just because things are acute, but things get better every day. And uh, it's funny, right? And I, I think about this from the marketing side of things. People, some people are DMing me and they're like, are you going to go to the doctor? And it's not physical therapists that are DMing me asking that. It's, you know, the rest of my, my population. And they're like, are you going to go to the doctor? And I'm like, motherfucker, I am the doctor. I am the doctor. My PTs listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Other people listening to this, maybe you just rolled your eyes. I don't know. Uh, but this is literally what we do. This is literally what we do. And that acute phase, the plan of care remains the same, especially if you're listening to your body. If something feels terrible, don't do it. It's not like, oh, if I push through, it'll feel better. So I am managing the symptoms, improving the everything, the strength, range of motion. And if I feel that it's warranted to go and get an MRI because like, I'm like, this is something else I think is going on, then I'll do that. Um, but right now, the game plan is get rid of these acute symptoms, get things firing, get range of motion back, see how functionality is. And then I probably would start off with just like having, you know, Ethan or something do stress tests and see, um, you know, you can do a Lachman's on it, do some, look for medial gapping and, and see like what we think is involved. And then I can go from there. But either way, the plan of care initially is going to be the same. So, no, I'm not going to the MD to get an MRI or anything like that. Not yet. There is no need. And yes, we'll keep you all posted on all the things. And yes, I realize this was just a, you know, 13 and a half minute update. But again, it's top of mind. So today's episode is social media social. Ideally, yes. And that is what I think is the biggest benefit of Instagram and why I feel that they continue to shoot themselves in the foot. I have, for as long as I have taught the Instagram intensive, I have touted the fact that stories are the most important part of the platform. And the reason that that is, is because it allows you to humanize yourself and really show yourself. And on the flip side, as relates to this episode, it allows for that interaction, that socializing. Right? We've got to remember that for the average Joe, like their job is not to, part of their job is not to be on social media or respond to comments or comment on things. That feels weird for a lot of people. Having stories introduces this privacy, if you will, where they can respond directly to you and directly to your story. And they are talking about things or responding to things that make sense to them and they have an opinion on, right? If you do, if I do a post and I did all that, you know, PT jargon that I just went and spoke about, uh, you know, the beginning of this episode, what the fuck is an average person going to say? 
thank you, maybe. Like, they don't probably even understand what I'm saying. Whereas if I'm at home with Rupert, I'm on a walk, I'm, you know, lifting. These are things that people do, the average Joe does, and they can relate to that and be like, yeah, me too. Martin introduces that that kind of, you know, that humanness to you and that relatability factor and opens up the floor for conversations and relating. So I think that is the most important part of Instagram. And as it relates to building a brand, but definitely a personal brand, it's something that should be utilized a ton. So like I said, this question was posed by Emily and she brought it up because she was like, I actually am really just loving that side of Instagram where I can show up and interact with people and build relationships and you know I'm not, there's no expectations for a business exchange and I totally agree with that and I love that side of Instagram and that's largely what I coach people to do and how I approach using social media to me the goal is to relate and if you Courtney if you could link the episodes that um we did with James Olivia thank you uh so if you don't know James Olivia is James Olivia Chu Hillman is Uh, on Instagram, inquisitive underscore human. And they run a program called Relate. It's a skills intensive, but their whole shtick is teaching people how to relate with other humans and helping them, helping to facilitate experiences so that we can get better at that. And to borrow a phrase from them, all work gets done through relating. And I love that. It is, you know, probably not the best business approach as we typically come to understand it. But in my opinion, it is actually the best business approach because we are working with humans. We're in the business of trust. And so showing up on social and looking to relate as opposed to looking to sell is, in my opinion, the best approach and the most sustainable and the you know, one that the one that lends itself to longevity and, and pandemic proofing your your business. I think that you know, what we're seeing, I don't want to phrase this, what we see on social media and what we see in terms of online business is with those like massive numbers and massive, you know, revenue, massive amounts of revenue. I think that it speaks to two things. One, that can be a product of volume, right? I'm thinking about Ben Patrick here and he has a lower price product, like 50 bucks, but he's serving a ton of people. And on the flip side of that, when we see people just charging $10,000 and $15,000 and $25,000 for single things, I think that speaks to the part that it's all made up, right? All of this shit is made up. The numbers are made up. And when you charge, that is not me saying, charge whatever you want. Although, yes, you can. That's me saying that's why the numbers are like that. There's no like objective thing that it's tied to. It's that this person said, I can sell this for this. I want to sell this for this. And I think people will buy it. And I'm going to tell this story. And then it, it goes on from there. Like that, it's literally arbitrary. And I'll, I'll say it is literally made up. My whole shtick when I coach and when I teach people on how I show up is about relating with humans. And this is why I said earlier, you know, perhaps it's not the best business advice because relating doesn't really scale in the same way that people are thinking about for a business where I want to scale, I want to make more money and typically do less work. That's that's what I would define scaling as. To that end, relating doesn't scale. But again, this is how I teach, it's what I believe in, and I think it is the best way to pandemic-proof and future-proof your business and to run a business for me that's you know founded in integrity. I really like to spend time getting to know people in some way, shape, or form. It's not that I'm looking to become best friends with everybody, but there's a human on the other side of the screen and they have a whole life and a whole story and wants and needs. And 
we should remember that and honor that and look to, you know, focus on that as opposed to these purely transactional things. I'm not here to say that a purely transactional interaction is wrong, but that's just not my shtick with things. And that's why I show up the way I do. It's why I'm always in the DMs. It's why I have a, a text line that I'm always giving out on this you know, podcast, uh, which is, by the way, 310-737-2345. If you want to send in a suggestion for a podcast episode, we'd love to hear from you over there. Uh, it's why I, I think that I'm good at building community because I am focused on the interaction and relating, not just consumers, right? People do this shit all the time. They're like, I want to build a community. And what they really mean is they want consumers. That's different. That is very, very, very different. And why I will circle back to what I said earlier of perhaps this isn't the best business strategy if you're looking to win the game as it relates to a traditional approach. Because this is going to introduce longer sales cycles. But sales cycles, I think, are long in general anyway because you have to build trust. Uh, but it's not this super quick thing because you are taking the time to relate. Uh, you know, what Emily had said of she's enjoying just going into this and having no expectations of a business exchange. I love that. And that's what I really want for everyone. No, it's not the only way to run a business. And again, some people would say it's a terrible way to run a business. But if you show up on social media for a year and don't ask for shit, you just give, 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 and you interact with people and you relate and you build relationships, you'll, you will build the foundation for a successful business. People, I think I've watched them struggle when they come onto social media specifically to build a business and specifically to sell something because now the first interaction that you're having with a human is a sale. Again, there's nothing, I'm not saying, I don't want to say that this is inherently wrong, but it's not what I am the best at. It's not how I approach things. And if I flip it and try to think about my own, um, you know, actions with things, yeah, sometimes I've bought things from people that I don't know. And it's based on an ad. But that's usually a very low-priced sale. And that's it. It, do, it usually stops there. I don't go any farther with them because I don't have really any, any interaction with them. Whereas if I'm on someone's email list, I'm more likely to spend more money because I feel more of a connection. I feel more trust there. And you know, I'm thinking about someone in particular right now that I've written or responded to their email. And they wrote back. And I do believe it was them. Yes, some people have ghostwriters. Um, but this person is a writer, so I think it's them. Um, but that forming that relationship and closing those vulnerability loops absolutely makes me more likely to spend more money with that person than with somebody else. And so from a business perspective, perhaps no, it's not the best advice as we look at traditional advice. But from what I teach and what I believe in, I think it is the best approach. So that's it. That's my, my two pennies. My thoughts on is social media social um, in terms of where social media is going. Number one, if you haven't already, would love it if you checked out my most recent YouTube video. Uh, you can head on over to youtube.com forward slash movement maestro. Uh, the video is, is Instagram dying? And one, I just had a fucking blast with that. I announced it on Monday's episode, um, but it's just, it's so good. Joe did such a good job with the editing. Uh, but Instagram and social media, it is changing. And the powers that be are really looking to lean into this entertainment side of things, which is fine. But I think it's going to be up to us as creators to think about how we can still maintain connection with people. And to me, this is why I do love Instagram so much. 
and why when you go to diversify when you go to diversify your platforms it's not just a matter of like throw a line in the water and then leave it you need to actually be on the platform one so you can understand the language there but so that you can interact with people you're not just broadcasting so you know as i diversify I am I'm looking into that and seeing that and feeling that and, and feeling it's a little bit tougher for me on TikTok just because the DM functionality isn't the same as it is on Instagram. They are have they've had their introduced stories, but it's you know very new. Um, and I, I haven't leaned into that. I'm thinking about it in terms of YouTube, what that actually looks like and is there need there or is or is the play to utilize these kind of entertainment platforms and then look to bring people over to, you know, uh, email lists where you can actually have more of a conversation with them. Again, this is why I think think Instagram is the best because it's easy to have those conversations. For me, it's very tough to have email conversations with people and I read every single response that I get to an email, but I cannot respond to all of them. It takes the time and the frame. It just takes so long. So there is some friction with that. uh, But I think that one, understanding that that's the play, that's the way that social media is going towards that entertainment value. And then thinking about what can we as business owners do to maintain that social aspect. I do believe that's what Instagram has up in terms of a leg up on people. Um, if I think about other platforms like Twitch, like there people have moderators for the chat. So like there is interaction going on with these things. So whether whatever platform you're on, I think, yes, leaning into how can I still relate with humans is ultimately going to be your best play and your most important play for the longevity of your business. Um, I know that people push people from Instagram, excuse me, from TikTok over to Instagram because of the DM functionality and like, hey, let's go chat over there. So I'm interested to see what happens in general across the platforms. But yes, I do believe that social media, namely Instagram, is social and that for people that are really looking to pandemic-proof their business, future-proof it, really lean into the longevity piece and, and have that success that they want, they need to be focusing on how they can make it social. All right. Officially going to wrap this up because we're at 25 minutes. Emma, I am sorry. We've gone over the 22-minute mark. I'm, I'm sitting here fighting Rupert. He's on the desk. Apologies for going three minutes over. As always, endlessly appreciative for every single one of you. If you like this, you love this, you're picking up what I'm putting down. If you could share it with somebody, that would be amazing because this is how the podcast gets found. All right, that's it. No more ass, just extreme gratitude. Until next time, friends, maestro. Maestro.